Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. I will be talking about the unrelenting efforts to deliver the nations of the world into the arms of an unelected but very powerful group of people who think of themselves as super wise, super entitled to rule over the entire creation of God. Is the global government of a ruling all-wise elite inevitable, or can we find flaws and cracks in their plans that may enable humanity to defeat or at least indefinitely delay their plans? Once again, I return to the wise words of Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano. I continue to bring you his words because I've come to respect his uncompromising battle for the truth in a religious world in which he is apparently the only one to do so. The first interview of the day, first interview of the Archbishop was conducted with French media, but I picked it up on The Remnant, which is a Catholic news service with a conservative bent. Thus, it will dare to print the words of the Archbishop. In that French interview, he defined what is meant by the term globalism in his mind. Quote, globalism is, so to speak, the staging, the script, and the scenario that must prepare humanity for the political ascent of the Antichrist, to whom the leaders of the world, his servants, will cede national sovereignty so that he becomes a kind of global tyrant, end quote. The archbishop draws a comparison between the deep state and its mechanisms of subversion, and the mechanisms of the deep church, and concludes they are identical. Quote, the element that, in my opinion, must be understood for the denunciation to be complete is the mirror relationship between the coup d'etat of the deep state and the civil sphere, and that analogous equivalent of the deep church in the ecclesiastical sphere. The modus operandi of subversive action is identical, as are the principles that animate them, and the objectives they set for themselves, end quote. This conclusion that the same forces that have subverted and captured governments are also the forces that have captured and subverted the church is one I have held for a long time, so I was ready to finally hear someone else, someone within the church, say it. When asked if he is the only prelate who held this view, he said, he is the only one who's willing to publicly state the view. He equates the rise of globalism, of global government, with Satanism and says that globalism is, in its essence, satanic. The heart of the argument is what I've said many times, that is, that in order to succeed, the globalists will have to erase God from the minds of the people. The Archbishop says that in order to bring about the kingdom of Antichrist, it is necessary to erase what remains of the kingdom of Christ in the institutions, in the culture, and in the daily life of citizens. Moral dissolution is one of the simplest means of subjugating the masses, encouraging them to vice, ridiculing virtue, and by destroying the natural family, the fundamental cell of society. Once the family is successfully destroyed, then children become just commodities, products to be ordered over the Internet, thus fueling a vast Criminal enterprise, divorce, abortion, euthanasia, homosexuality, gender, mutilation have all proven to be effective tools in the destruction of the human family. They are also tools that are being used to eliminate God, faith, and the other tenets of natural law in the minds of the masses the globalists seek to control. A new religion thus comes to us and poses itself on us. 
It is a religion backed by massive resources that has been able to replace God for many people. The new religion has goals diametrically opposed to those of true faith. It is imbuing its dogma into all institutions, laws, education, culture, the arts, virtually all other human activity. The globalists have used the principles of faith, i.e. people in the faith are all brothers. But they have substituted another for the natural head of society. Globalism comes to us proclaiming democracy as the highest good, but openly seeks to undermine and destroy the concepts of nation-state and of individual liberty. It seeks to bend and subjugate everyone to its will, including ultimately the natural head of all natural law. The evidence for my position and that of the Archbishop is all around us, but just look at the fact that the globalists seek to have the whole world follow their direction in lockstep. The global leaders are all members of the same club, whether they openly admit it, a la Justin Trudeau in Canada, or whether they deny it, a la Vivek Ramaswamy. They've been placed intentionally at the highest levels of government and international institutions, to again quote the Archbishop, quote, there is clearly a single script under a single direction. It is planned as an instrument for the establishment of a totalitarian regime connected by unelected technocrats who are devoid of any sense of democratic representation, end quote. Who is the World Economic Forum, or what is the World Economic Forum? Who attends the conferences? And once invited, why do they gratefully accept the truly powerful of the world, the rulers, prime ministers, CEOs of newspapers, television CEOs, bankers, social media directors, heads of international corporations, directors of government agencies, presidents of global foundations, so-called philanthropists, and, of course, heads of state? They all share the same agenda they are so confident of their own power, they now proclaim their agenda publicly with impunity to shut off all other opposing views. They embrace censorship and propaganda. <clears throat> the situation I just described is obviously hopeless, right? No. No, I don't think it's hopeless, folks, because with God we always have faith that we will ultimately prevail. But in the here and now, there are those among us trying their best to undermine all opposition. I'm not sure when neocons captured American foreign policy and set the country on a course toward, quote, the new American century, end quote. I thought that with the demise of the second Bush administration, the impetus was somewhat blunted, but no, no, that apparently is not the case. President Biden just elevated Victoria Newland to Undersecretary of State, which makes her second only to the Secretary, Anthony Blinken. Why is that important? It's vitally important because it is the evidence of a single unipolar world that the U.S. has been trying to create since at least the fall of the Soviet Union. Ms. Newland's husband is Robert Kagan, who, along with William Crystal, co-founded the project for a new American century. The U.S. had a chance to bring about a more peaceful world, but instead, its neocon leadership, including Mr. Kagan, chose the path of war, which is the path of death, misery, destruction, suffering. The good news for the neocons is that most of the money they confiscate from the American people goes directly into the pockets of the defense, or said better, the war industry. Then it comes back to them as campaign contributions. What does all this have to do with global government? It has everything to do with it because it is the military arm of global rule. 
or what the recent BRICS meeting seeks to avoid. The BRICS Plus, as it exists now, is determined. It seems to undo some of what the reincarnation of Dick Cheney, better known as Victoria Newland, has done. She is the mistress of coup, the master of death, destruction to achieve her new American century goal. She is the chooser of war and never peace, the decider of disputes by the most violent, destructive means possible. BRICS Plus is trying to build a second pole to Miss Newland's unipolar world, at least a second pole economically, which will hopefully prevent some military <coughs> destruction of the earth and its people. My wife is fond of telling me that they meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. She says that when something seemingly helpful evolves out of something very detrimental. The U.S. sent a very disturbing message to the BRICS nations with what it did to Russia. And out of that message came BRICS Plus. When Russia invaded Ukraine, the U.S. not only sanctioned Russian oligarchs, banned U.S. investment in Russia, kicked Russia out of the swift international system, froze and stole Russian assets. It froze and stole the U.S. dollar reserves of the Central Bank of Russia. That move was a very blatant act of forceful theft, and I suppose it was inevitable that it would return to haunt the thieves. When other countries saw the U.S. abandon the moral leadership it once held and grabbed the assets of a major central bank, they looked at each other and asked, what if some U.S. neocon decides he doesn't like my position or my actions? Will the U.S. steal my central bank assets too? China, India, and Brazil thought <clears throat> the answer was yes. So they immediately started selling U.S.-denominated assets. So Joe Biden guided along by his neocons and their bloodlust blundered into the potential destruction of the dollar as an international reserve. So the dollar is threatened not only abroad, but also by its own treasury. By seizing Russian assets, in particular the central bank reserves of Russia, the administration demonstrated to the whole world that it cares nothing for the rule of law internationally or otherwise, just as the administration unlawfully directed the Department of Justice against a political opponent, Donald Trump, and unlawfully directed it away from Sun Hunter. It turned the law into a weapon. We in the U.S. have little recourse except voting. Even that is of questionable value today, but other countries do have recourse. They are using it. They have banded together in an effort to find a to form a currency safer than the dollar for their assets. BRICS Plus issued a 26-page summary of the description of their recent meeting. In that summary, they did not mention a new currency. But the manipulation, the implication is there, folks. For now, BRICS Plus will trade in the currency of its members. To have a stable gold-backed currency, the price of gold would have to increase significantly. So when you see the gold price rapidly rising, you can measure the decline of the dollar quite easily. BRICS Plus plans to dominate the energy markets and the seas that control them. Make no mistake, the U.S. Navy still rules the waves, but the BRICS Plus rules the choke points and the coastlines with the rising tide of woke officers and sailors in the U.S. Navy. Perhaps it won't be long. <clears throat> the new BRICS Plus controls about 30% of global GDP and about 45% of the global population. They dominate a long list of vital resources, including, most importantly, the oil markets. 
whether we measure by population, military, weapons, economics, energy, other natural resources, or sheer mass, they're clearly in a position to challenge the G7 and other organizations of the West. Our current administration seems oblivious to all this as it stumbles along the road to ruin. It and its neocon owners have pushed the middle class to the brink of extinction, but no one seems to care. When we had law, internally and internationally, we sent those who steal to prison. But not anymore. Now we set the example for thieves everywhere. By stealing on an international level, others are taking note, trying to find harbors safe from the predators who run the U.S. government. What does all this have to do with global government? It is perhaps a monkey wrench, but time will tell whether it's permanent or just temporary. Finally, folks. The Archbishop advises us to resist the call to build back better and instead join groups that together can rebuild what has been destroyed. My sentiments exactly. At least that's the way I see it. Until next time, folks, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.